0: that didn't make it into the debate. Kind of an interesting list. Um, we're going to talk uh, the trade thing with China. As China China's? I don't know, it's, it, 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 it's got the looks of falling apart, but that's sometimes the way things look right before you make a deal. So we'll see what's going to happen.
1: a major trade war going on between Japan and Korea, South Korea right now because Trump's an idiot and it's just his race. Oh, wait a minute. No, we're not involved in that at all. It's just 21st century globalism. Me, you know, banging heads with the needs of domestic populations and, and governments trying to figure out what the heck to do. Oh, uh, stay tuned for that. I want to get to. No. Uh, uh, well, who am I to tell you what to do?
0: I want to get to an overly serious and angry review of Dora and the Lost City of Gold, a child's okay. movie that so, somebody took way too seriously. Like, okay. And my review of Toy Story 4, which I took my kids to yesterday. Toy Story's, Toy Story's,
1: that's hard to say, Toy Boat, Toy Boat. Toy Story's <sighs> scariest episode yet well, now will your review be overly serious as well no okay no. just wanted to know what you know what sort of mood to go into this in
0: <laughs> oh and and so i'm always interested in what other media is covering to try to figure out what they think is important good morning america and the today show both led with this kennedy girl that overdosed yeah overnight 22 year right. old you a know, well, she's a party girl, rich party girl, rich girl. Those people overdose now and then. Right. Why that's the lead story on the Today Show and Good Morning America because it's a Kennedy and the Kennedy curse. And no, yeah, your your rich party girl family. Well, they're they,
1: America's they, royal family. Jack. This sort
0: of thing happens. Yeah, It's yeah, just it's shut up. Not cool, tragic. Shut but up, whatever.
1: Right? Yeah, it's unbelievable. So there was this moment the other night in the cam in the uh, debate where uh, Kirsten Gillibrand the. Dipstick senator from New York, who stands for nothing and believes very little, um, uh, said this
2: I don't believe that it's the responsibility of Corey and Kamala to be the only voice that takes on these issues of institutional racism, systemic racism in our country. I think as a white woman of privilege, who is a U.S. Senator running for President of the United States, it is also my responsibility to lift over those voices that aren't being listened to. And I can talk to those white women in the suburbs that voted for Trump and explain to them what white privilege actually is. That when their son is walking down a street with a bag of M&Ms in his pocket, wearing a hoodie, his whiteness is what protects him from not being shot.
1: Well, she meant protects him from being shot, not protects him from not being shot, because that implies kids walk down the street hoping to be shot. So putting aside that gaffe on her big applause line, we got a note from, uh, let's see, does he ask for anonymity? they got to make the crowd shut up. People
0: clearly pack the crowd with their, with their own people, with their own people that will back up whatever they say. Mm. I mean, it, it just it happens, oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and just sure. the cheering thing. Yeah. so
1: people cheer sometimes I think, why are you cheering that? what is it what what is that wasn't that good? yeah anyway, we got this note from uh, Al. I'll just leave him anonymous. why not? Everybody's getting doxed and savaged these days. so I'll call him Al anonymous but Al uh says that um that screed reveals how ludicrous the whole white privilege uh, discussion frequently is. So what? My white son should fear for his safety, as people of color do? And and he makes a good point. Well, I'll I'll just finish the note. No, it's nothing more than an argument against low-income, gang-infested, crime-infested, drug-infested neighborhoods created by unconscionable and irresponsible people under liberal policies. What does my white son have to do with that?
0: Well, for some reason, your white son is supposed to walk down the street safely, but feel guilty about it. And I don't know how that helps things, but have you seen the whole thing? Because uh, Tucker Carlson makes a big deal of this on Fox. Where, oh, I'm sorry, I missed that. Where Kirsten Gillibrand lectured that woman in Youngstown, Ohio. So Youngstown, Ohio is one of the most de- devastated towns in America. Oh, right. Yeah. Opioid deaths and the economy and the, you know the the um, uh, working class people without jobs and I mean it's 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 struggling a lot even in the good economy. And she is there and some mom, you know, I can't feed my kid and blah blah blah. And Kirsten Gillibrand gave a gave her a lecture about being white. What you should understand is with your privilege for being white, and some long, convoluted who could even understand it, right. the woman is looking at her letter like, what are you talking about? So my kid's not hungry and I'm not unemployed because right. I'm white? Exactly. Exactly. What am I
1: supposed to do with this information? Right. Well, that, <laughs> that idiotic screed. And I don't think she's actually an idiot.
0: She thinks that enough people like that, it's gonna get her the nomination and be
1: president, I guess. So, okay, so she was just desperate to get that out there, that's gonna be her hook. I'm the Beto is the woke frat bro and white guilt candidate on, and, you know, on the male side, and she's gonna be the woke ashamed white sorority girl candidate. Okay, great. Well, good to have one of each. Young mother, as she calls herself, at age 52. Right. But anyway, What's always missing from this discussion, and I'd like to ask the half-wit Kirsten Gillibrand, or just the phony Kirsten Gillibrand. I take no pleasure in the idea that young black men are in danger. None. I think it's tragic. I can't stand racism or discrimination. I agree. If If everything else is equal, in a lot of ways... You got a young black kid and a young white kid. The young black kid is going to face more hurdles. Granted, stipulated, as they say in the courtroom. Now what? Now but, what? You're so, so this, this, uh, getting texts here on this.
0: This is the perfect example of us talking about yesterday is it's hard for me to watch Democratic debates because of something called A Conflict of Visions, a book Thomas Sowell wrote where we just see the world so differently that we almost can't even understand the other person's point of view. Mm-hmm. That's really the point of his book. And it, it is true enough that I find it difficult to watch democratic debates because it just it doesn't make sense to me. Yes. And and this white privilege one is a is a really good example where some people it makes I got a texter right here. How how can you not understand this long explanation of what it is? And no, to, to I people, understand
1: perfectly well what it
0: is. Well, maybe you do, but there, there are people that it makes perfectly good sense why this is an important issue to talk about, and then people like me, if I, I have no idea why we're talking about this. And you can explain it to me all day long, and I still don't understand what I'm supposed to do or what good it's going to do anybody.
1: Well, else. the feelings are what's important, crowd. Just wants you to feel something, I guess. But my follow-up question is always, all right, Kirsten, and what? Now what? What do you want me to do? But listen to me. I, I've studied... Politics with a, just global politics, the procurement and loss of power my entire life from village societies, tribal societies, to, to the Soviet Union, Nazi Germany, to just all sorts of political systems. They're trying to get you to vote for them, give them power, obey them out of some sense of guilt. That's what's happening here. Now there are a lot of good people that also just abhor racism and they think this makes them a good person to pitch this. I get that. Now what, Kirsten? Now what? Should I squeeze off shots at white kids so they know what it's like? I think I'll go to jail. I just it's just crazy to me. But a lot of you just want to spout you know, white privilege, white privilege, and you think you've done something. It's like hashtag activism. Leave me alone. You're giving me a headache.
0: So we got a trade battle going on with China that is, uh, is it getting better or worse? China is still not agreeing to things they agreed to originally, and Trump said yesterday
1: 10% more on the
0: tariff starts in here in a couple of weeks.
1: And uh... Meanwhile, up the road in Russia, Putin's trotted out a bunch of missiles that are capable of taking out all of Western Europe in defiance of a treaty that we have. With Russia.
0: We're going to talk with Meredith Sumter of the Eurasia Group about all these things on the way in my movie reviews. Stay tuned for that.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
3: The Armstrong and Getty Show. When my people came home, they said, "We're talking. We have another meeting in early September." I said, "That's fine, but in the meantime, until such time as there's a deal, we'll be taxing them."
0: So China. Uh, that's uh, that's Trump talking about China, and the Chinese have uh, have said, "And nah, nah, and we're not going to do
1: that stuff." We said we were going to do,
0: and Trump said, "All right, ten percent more. Then Start September first. Take a suck of that."
1: That's what he said. <sighs> wow, nice. Uh, Meredith Sumter is the head of research strategy and operations for the Eurasia Groupie in Bremers Outfit and joins us now to discuss China trade and Russian missiles and more. Hello, Meredith. How are you?
2: Hey, good morning. I'm great. How are you both doing?
1: We're good, good. Thank you. So listen, a, a, whether you support the president's strategy or not, you knew it was going to be a tough road. Uh, how big a twist in the road is this? How serious is, should we take this?
2: It, it's a it's a very significant Twist. I think that the market consensus here was that we would have a, a period of unease between Washington and Beijing as they worked out next steps. But clearly what we've seen is that what the president was expecting coming from those Shanghai meetings, keep in mind this is the first meeting between U.S. and Chinese negotiators since those talks really fell apart in early May. Uh, he was expecting more from those meetings, and those meetings actually ended early, which gives you a sense of how little business was really discussed.
0: Well, we've been involved in enough negotiations, and I've read about negotiations, that oftentimes get things get really, not oftentimes, almost always, things get really, really dicey before the deal comes together. Of course, things also get really, really dicey before deals completely fall apart. <laughs> how do you know which one this is?
2: Watching the signals as to how ready and willing Beijing is to get back to the negotiating table, and so far from what we're seeing, there's a hardening uh, on the part of the Chinese, uh, and it comes down to: is the president going to extend a lifeline or not to their most important um, global company, Huawei? And we'll we'll get a sense of that in October, in August rather later on this month uh, when the president is set to make a decision on how much he's going to relax entity list restrictions on that. But listen, the key point here is the president's escalation is intended to force Beijing back into deal mode. And you get a sense, listening to him talk about this relationship with China, that he was expecting more momentum coming from Beijing following the G20 meeting he had with Xi Jinping, and that hasn't been coming.
1: So for folks who are not following this as closely as as you and we are, what are the major sticking points to making a deal?
2: At the core of this is whether or not China is going to make structural reforms to its economy that would allow for a a fair playing field with market economies such as the United States and and European and other other allies. That's going to be a, a tough road to hoe. At the In the near term, though, the president has been looking for China to step back up its purchase of U.S. ag um, imports, and that hasn't necessarily been coming as well. So he's focused on ag. The Chinese are focused on whether or not he is going to relax restrictions on Huawei. Uh, and those are the two very near uh, watch points between now and September as to whether this negotiation is going to get on a, a Firmer path or whether things are going to further fall apart.
1: Well, more specifically, I'd read in a couple of places that the Chinese did promise to make more uh, purchases of American ag products and haven't yet.
2: Is that true? It's true, but the Chinese would also say that President Trump promised to relax restrictions on Huawei, and that hasn't happened yet either. What's interesting, though, is that Chinese state-owned companies are signaling that they are ready to make purchases of U.S. ag products, but it would be helpful if the U.S. would take tariffs off those purchases to enable them to buy more. Uh, So that's an interesting signaling that we see coming from from China uh, and gives you a sense of how ready they're willing to to dive in before they get more of a a reprieve from Washington.
1: Big international headlines today, and we're talking to Meredith Sumter, uh, the head of research uh, strategy and operations at the Eurasia Group. Do things get
0: busier in your office when it's like this? Like, you know, you get the trade thing happening, North Korea's firing off a missile, and Russia's backing out of deals, and (laughs) you all just running around there. A lot of shouting and photocopies going. Paper flying out of copiers, yeah.
2: Oh, furiously working, furiously working to stay on top of how all these geopolitical developments are unfolding, but also how they might even be impacting relations between these countries. Right. Uh, and you had mentioned actually the, uh, the U.S. retreat, uh, the U.S. withdrawal rather, from the intermediate range nuclear forces treaty with Russia that happened today, the INF treaty. And this is really a, a case in point. It's a move that's going to lead not only to Russian defense policy changes, but Chinese defense policy changes as well.
1: Interesting. What do you think that's going to mean to uh, the U.S. in the next decade, say?
2: Well, a couple of things here. So, you know, obviously for Russia, Washington pulling out of this treaty, uh, we're going to see Russia uh, increase their spending on intermediate range um, systems. Uh, it also could impact the the progress with which Russia and Washington uh, start uh, talks over the renewal of the 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 New Start uh, agreement. This is the Strategic Arms Reduction Treaty agreement that was signed originally in 1991 between President Bush and then Soviet President um, Gorbachev. It it provides for deep reductions of U.S. and Russian strategic nuclear weapons. So it's expiring in 2021, and Russia wants it renewed for their five years. Uh, but, but they've been cheating
1: quite. Notably, haven't with they? The,
2: with the INF Treaty, yes. And that's been a, a key source of contention. And that's really why Washington has pulled out because of that, but also because Washington believes that the INF Treaty puts it at a disadvantage in terms of being able to to shore up our own defense posture against countries such as China. Um, so that's actually interesting as well. It's not Russia, just Russia, who's going to be impacted by this, but China is watching the U.S. move very warily. Uh, we expect that uh beijing um will uh in addition to increasing its own defense spending is going to impact the way that beijing looks at the u.s defense posture in the region mm. uh, and that's something that we're watching very closely as
1: all well. all of it ratcheting up tensions as opposed to the opposite meredith sumter of the eurasia group meredith thanks for the insights we appreciate it thank you oh okay. you
0: know, i don't want to be a sky is falling sort of guy but you got north korea firing off missiles and the china trade war and Treaties over nuclear weapons falling apart with Russia, although they've been cheating
1: all along. So, right, um, hanging on to it seems odd.
0: Yeah. Uh, and Iran, obviously. I mean, that's right, you know, going the direction it's going. And man, there's a lot. There's a, there's a lot. Yeah. Thank God the economy is good, that the U.S. economy is so strong. Yeah. And if you had that on the plate, also, oof that'd be rough yeah for now it is i mean right. who, who knows these things are come and go i'm also interested in to what extent the 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 trade war with china is two guys reading each other almost down to two human beings because trump was so much out on a limb when he started this sort of thing it's it's opposite republican orthodoxy and a lot of his visors are against it and she might be calling the shots completely on his own nobody mm-hmm. really knows right right it could be just two guys trying to figure out i wonder if he means that or not yeah well and you wouldn't think the two titanic presences are that the United States and China would come down to two dudes looking at each other wondering if they're bluffing.
1: Well, the China side is a country doing something utterly unacceptable in the modern world. It is not acceptable, and it is fundamental to their economy and their government. So where do we go from here? And you got to make them stop. How are you going to make them stop?
0: Huh? Give them the back of your hand. You're going to squeeze yeah. them. Anyway, Marshall's News is on the way, and we'll get into a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Went to Toy Story 4. Want to talk about that?
3: Armstrong and Getty.
0: What keeps things alive up to a point is the imperturbable attitude of the titular heroine who's invested with a try-and-stop-me spirit. Despite the preventative measures, that's part of the review of Dora and the Lost City of Gold. I don't think you can say titular on the air, which is a movie for little kids. <laughs> Who are you, does movie reviewer? Large-breasted? <laughs> no, it does not mean that. no. No, that's okay. well, weird. Yeah, yeah I, uh, but I've got my not quite so uh, smarty pants review of uh, Toy Story 4 coming. There's Dora a- seems Uh-oh. committed. There's more, folks. Oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> Dora seems. Co- this is for children who liked Dora the Explorer. They made it into a live action movie, right? It's Dora the Explorer, all right. What's Little that? Little girls go off to kindergarten for their first uh, day of school with a Dora
1: the Explorer backpack, right? Making mm. friends with monkeys. Dora. Unnatural.
0: Dora seems committed to projecting a pre-sexualized version of youth, while throbbing unacknowledged beneath the surface in a bit more real way. Its presence rigorously ignored. That's the monkey. (laughs) What are you talking about, you freaking weirdos? You got a a degree in film, and what are you going to do with it? You got to do something. You got to write crap
1: like this. You know, there's something golfers know. I actually said this yesterday to a friend. Sometimes you have to make a swing so bad, you realize what you've been doing wrong. It's got to go completely sideways, then you realize, oh, I'm doing this. I just, I just retweeted something. It's a, a great piece of wisdom, and it crystallized in my head how bad a job I've been doing explaining one of the main philosophies of, of that I think is important to having a happy life, that I've been trying to convey to you all as I've been trying to understand it myself. So now that it's come together in my head, I want to lay that on you. Well, Joe, with the meaning of life coming up. Well, well not the, per se. It's the it. key to happiness.
0: There you no. go. Joe, with the... the? key to happiness right on the way thank you that
1: from the titular jack armstrong <laughs> of the armstrong and getty show well if you don't stick around for the key to happiness yes i, I don't know what it would take. the key to avoiding unhappiness which is perhaps a distinction without a difference well no you can't avoid all unhappiness maybe what we can get... trip and you break your kneecap maybe we
0: could get all listeners to stay tuned if we say we got the key to happiness yes we got Old Town Road, or whatever that song is. Oh, everybody loves that one. And we'll give away a free hot dog.
4: Right. That'll keep all three crowds. Caller number 10. <laughs> Let's
0: get the news now, with Marshall Phillips.
4: Now, last night, President Trump took aim at cities run by Democrats. During his rally in Cincinnati, Trump telling the crowd for 100 years the Democrats have ruled those inner cities.
3: The Democrat record is one of neglect and corruption and decay, total decay. The Democrats have taxed and regulated jobs and opportunity out of these cities and out of existence. They've squeezed the blood out of them. Left-wing mayors and city councils have opposed school choice, trapping children and failing in government schools, left and right. So many of these mayors right now, you know where they are, they're in jail. That's where they are.
1: Folks, so I'm going to use an unfortunate term here, and I apologize for it in advance. Mm-hmm. If Trump wasn't such a dick, <laughs> oh, geez. That, wow. message, that message is so powerful mm-hmm. and so important. You people in your blue, blue cities are getting screwed by those who are claiming to help you. Over and over again, generation after generation, there is a different way. I ask you only to consider it.
0: With an insane amount of money having already been
1: spent. Right, exactly. But, you know, because of some of Trump's personality, folks won't listen to him. Got a report in the Washington Post. The Trump administration
4: could soon reach a deal with the Taliban that would bring thousands of troops home from Afghanistan. The post is reporting the Taliban would agree to a ceasefire and a reunification of, uh, or excuse me, a renunciation of Al Qaeda as part of the deal to end the eighteen-year-old conflict. God, I've been
0: saying, you know, I'm not trying to claim like I'm a genius or anything. I just think it's so so simple. What's going to happen? We what we've needed to say to the Taliban since two thousand two. Look, we'll leave your country alone. Run it however you want to run it. It's going to be a hellhole for women and human rights and everything else. Run it however you want it, but don't freaking allow al-Qaeda to be in your country. Right. Or we'll come back. And then we leave, and then that's it. Right. We could have had that in 2012. I don't know. Oh, if... I'm sorry, 2002. I mean, because that is what's going to happen. It's yeah. awful. I mean, you just... oh, yeah. you've it's been unstable. cursed by fate and life. If you're born in Afghanistan, particularly if you're a girl, and it ain't going to change anytime soon and we can't make it change, right? But it's you got to tell them true. you let al-Qaeda set up a base and we're going to be bombing the crap out of you again.
1: Yeah, every uh, every agreement that is reached, you know, if indeed an agreement is reached, um, is uh, utterly meaningless, except perhaps the al-Qaeda one because the Taliban, they they may be brutes, and they may be primitive. But they're not idiots, the leadership. They They understand that, look, the one thing that screws us or gets us back into a fight with the U.S. is if we violate that provision. Anything we can get, we could uh, invade Kabul tomorrow, having agreed specifically not to. The U.S. isn't going to come back in. They're smart enough to know that.
4: And an allegedly controversial mural. At the center of a national debate is drawing visitors in San Francisco. Visitors were allowed to see the Life of Washington mural for two hours yesterday at George Washington High School. The San Francisco school board voted in June to paint over the 83-year-old mural after it was criticized... After it was being criticized as racist and degrading for its depiction of black and Native American people. When it was originally painted... To try
0: to, to try to portray George Washington in a negative light. Exactly. For having
1: slaves and uh, not treating the Indians well. Their words, not mine. But the idea of having it there as a discussion point and uh, an old art that can be uh, talked about and used to teach kids about whatever crazy-ass progressive attitudes uh, they want to teach in that school. Instead, no, just cover it. Just paint over it. Yeah. Erase it. Lovely. That's a nice example of, you know, the way those people's minds work. Speaking of the Taliban. Yep. Blowing up art. Yeah, no kidding. Well said. There has been a lot of pushback about that decision
4: to paint it over, including an effort to include a measure on the 2020 ballot to preserve the mural. The decision to open the mural to the public uh, came after the district got a lot of requests from multiple individuals over the past several months. Well, let us come in and take a look at it.
0: Don't don't you cover it up with a sheet until cooler heads prevail or you have a really long discussion about this
4: so people can't
1: see it. Why do you have to actually paint over it? Because I'm ruled entirely by my emotions and hardly have the capacity for rational thought.
4: One quick note, we've got a team of scientists that have been brought in by Major League Baseball who will soon release the findings of their investigation into whether balls are juiced. You hired them. We're not going to buy that result. The big leagues are on pace for more than 6,700 homers this year, 1,100 more than last season. That's
1: not possible. For
4: 1,000 more home runs and you think, "Just, uh, just, I don't know,
0: luck of the game.
1: And I get that they figured out how to hit home runs more. You know, with the technology that's available, the, the, uh, the second a ball is hit, they know its launch angle, its speed, uh-huh. its spin rate. The rest of it, they figured it out. They're teaching guys how to hit home runs between last season and this. Well, no, that's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm trying to say. That would explain some of the increase, not the yeah. the huge increase. Please, there you go. E- either, either. Yes, the ball is juiced. Yeah. Or somehow they've got some sort of suction mechanism under the stands in the outfield. <laughs> when the ball's hit in the air, it sucks the ball toward them.
0: That's, that's a likely tell. scenario.
4: That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips in the Armstrong and Getty Show, encouraging the nation.
1: <laughs> Is
0: that what we're doing? Mm. Scientists yeah. are going to try to grow human organs in rodents? I Japan. thought we were growing them in chimps. Well, an the, hour ago the, it was chimps. The yeah. Chinese are growing, oh. putting human embryos. That's uh, a whole, yeah. Oh in, my! In uh, in in monkey, China. Piece, monkey creatures. Uh, we're, just, we're just trying to grow human organs in uh, in mice. Oh, you know, is that all? Remember when they grew that ear on the back of that mouse? How oh, could I forget? Yeah, how would you forget? Don't they grow picture. organs in
1: pigs sometimes too? Yeah. So that you have more delicious organs. <laughs>
0: Boy, that would be a problem. If I got pig parts. so am made of bacon now. <laughs> 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 you practically
1: are already. If you are what you eat, by God. So uh, this, this tweet I retweeted, I think it's, it's pretty brilliant, and it led me to an insight. Maybe it will help you. Maybe it won't, but it probably will. Joe has the key to happiness. All right. Yes. I mean,
0: who, who is going to tune away when the key to happiness
1: is coming up? The already happy. But maybe you don't know why you're happy, and you might screw it up this afternoon. You're going to get so tired of being happy, you're going to wish you weren't happy
0: anymore. (laughs) Right.
3: Oh, Oh, boy. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: To a new study, customers rated Taco Bell as the worst Mexican fast food chain. Said Taco Bell, "Guys, guys, they call this food
0: hilarious." Mm. I'll talk more about this later, but just a brief version. If you got a kid that that gets scared like TV shows and movies, you don't go to Toy Story Four. Really? Maybe you already have because it's been out for a while. What? It is. Sid, there's a, <laughs> and Hansen just said his kid mentioned the same thing. There, there, there's a there's a a, a storyline arc thing to it that is just. I mean, it was creepy for me. Mm. It's a flipping cartoon for kids. Human chimp uh, embryo transplants. It just was straight out of one of your psycho thrillers. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay.
1: All right. So maybe I was extra sensitive to uh, this information because one of the things uh, we had ready to talk about maybe today. We always have more to talk about than we possibly can fit in but this piece in the wall street journal families go deep in debt to stay in the middle class wages have stalled but costs haven't well specifically cars college houses medical care become steadily more costly but incomes have been largely stagnant for two decades during despite a recent uptick filling the gap between earning and spending well, obviously, you know, one possibility is, is you just make different choices and spend less. But, uh, I guess people aren't filling the gap between earning and spending is an explosion of finance as in borrowing into nearly every corner of the consumer economy. Consumer debt, not counting mortgages, has climbed four trillion higher than it's ever been after adjusting for inflation. Mortgage
0: after. Okay. Uh, yeah. I dismiss all those with a, a little bit of. Okay. Yeah. Um... Trillion dollars is not the same now as it was before, but okay, adjusted for
1: inflation. Right. All these numbers are adjusted for inflation. Mortgage debt slid after the financial crisis, but is rebounding rapidly. Student debt, we've heard about that. Um, and uh, auto debt is up nearly 40% adjusting for inflation in the last decade, um, which is amazing. Unsecured personal loans are back in vogue, the result of competition between, well, anyway um so auto debt well you know i
0: wonder if any of that has to do with the invention of taking equity out of your used vehicle oh man oh my god please do i it's one thing i want my kids to never do well all sorts of debt. two things you know smoke meth crack or take the equity out of their used
1: car yeah jesus so so, uh anyway i already kind of had that in my mind The whole the desperation to keep up with the Joneses, and you feel like you have to live a certain lifestyle, otherwise you're not having a happy life. Then I come across this uh, tweet by a uh, he's a writer, he's a thinker, he's a scholar, and he's a rapper. His name is Zuby. He's a Brit, I think. But um, his tweet is this: Why are depression and anxiety on the rise? Because modern society is designed to make you anxious and depressed. Garbage food sedentary lifestyle cubicle work social media toxic politics hookup culture loss of religion decline of family drugs consumerism anybody want to
0: debate any of that maybe the toxic politics because it's it's you know always been ugly and it gets a little better and it gets a little worse but all that other but stuff it's there all that other stuff some of that stuff is completely new in the last 10, 15 years, and right. some of that stuff, consumerism, is pretty new in the last century. Right. This stuff
1: didn't exist before, and it's rampant now. Right. I don't think it needs to be new to be relevant. I see what you're saying. Um, But the toxic politics and everybody hating each other for their politics is pretty new. Uh, Yeah. Or or at least it's cycled back up again. I mean, all right. In 1861, people were pretty riled about politics. But the fact that you can't. Like your neighbor, if they swing the other way from you, that's. I mean, you talk about anxiety and depression. So you know, anyway, I think that's some great wisdom, and and we retweeted it. Uh, follow us on the Twitter if you want to get it and print it out, and, and you know, do whatever you want. But so I was thinking about this, and I just all these things coming together. Human beings are unique in the animal world in that we can almost completely design our personal environment. You know, you you got your, your anteaters, they make their little nests or whatever. No, I guess they eat the nests of the ants, but you know what I mean. You got various animals, they they make themselves a burrow or a or a nest or what have you. But we can design our environment in a way no other animal uh can possibly do. I mean, we can figure out where we want to live. Uh, you know what you know what neighborhood, what sort of dwelling, what sort of clothing we're wearing, just everything is to at least to a large extent under our control unless well, okay, so here's the here's the principle. I think all of us to some extent, including me and I fight this and I'm not quite sure how all the time, we think we have to make our environment what everybody around us is making their environment. And what advertising is telling us we must have and we must do, and the way we must act. And I think to whatever extent you can tear yourself away from, I've got to act this way and be this way and buy this way, because that's the way people are doing it these days. Because a lot of that stuff is just brought on by people who make money off of you, encouraging you to do that, which is one reason we don't endorse crap ever. Um, You know, early in our careers, maybe we were strong armed into saying, yeah, you should buy this one. You know, maybe it wasn't so great, and we regret that, and we'll never, ever do it again. Break free of modern society as you design your life, because a lot of it is toxic. You know, it's just a little pep talk. If you're not happy in your life, change your life. My son actually got a tattoo to that effect the other day. His mom isn't a big fan of it. But his mom is a pretty conservative, a Midwestern, old school person. What's the tattoo say? Uh, it's not for me to say. But the, the point Cash, of- Ash Grasser, is it that one? No, <laughs> no, nobody <laughs> rides for free. It's a face tattoo, right? No, it's not. It's, but it's interesting. And the point of it is, if it's not good, change it. It's just a little pep talk to you, my friends. You design your environment. And, and we, man, we have, listeners who live all sorts of different ways and i think that's really really cool artists who live in the desert and and folks who write in they say you know and and in expensive blue states my wife makes x i make x and it ain't much and we live fine and we're happy
0: it takes a lot of uh uh it takes a lot of um i don't know if courage is the right word or strength or whatever to, uh, to, to drive a crappier car than you can afford when your, your social circle drives this. We're living in a smaller house or do vacations or eating or whatever, clothes. It's, it's, it's not an easy thing to do, but it's not, it's not a, it's not just a weakness because we're designed to try to fit in. That's the way we're, our, our whole DNA is screaming out to do what everybody else is doing because the, 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 the tribe is surviving and this is what the tribe's doing. So your DNA is saying, do the same things as this because apparently this is what you
1: need to do to survive. And you don't want to be an outlier because you want tribal protection. Yeah. So it's a natural instinct. But I think we've become so good, it reminds me of my very screeds about the people who would game democracy, have gotten so good at it, it's really hard for democracies to be ungamed. Well, the people who will get you to make unhealthy choices because the rest of the tribe is doing it um, have gotten so good at convincing us all that we ought to do it, we should do it, we have to do it, everybody's doing it, that we're making ourselves crazy. So, you know, again, I'm just... This is musings. I'm just thinking out loud. I'm trying to have a happy life myself. I hope that's helpful to you on some level.
0: So there's some real crap that's being taught kids in public schools around the country. Oh, my God, yeah. Speaking of... Uh...
1: Going along with the tribe when the tribe is out of its friggin' mind, and we got the latest <laughs> load of crap they're trying to teach your kids in some public schools. If you're looking for a load of crap, we have it for you.
0: Yeah, we'll get into some of the particulars. It uh, boy for a lot of you who live in in different parts of the country, it's going to blow your mind. Uh, I know that, and uh, I still want to get to the topics they never mentioned on any of the debates, for better or worse. Oh yeah, I want to hear that. Yeah, fabulous.
1: Yeah, I'm yeah. going to stay tuned. I was thinking of leaving. <laughs> I'm hanging around. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in
3: and Getty.